ultimately, what's symbolic of that for me is being a household name, being a household name among women business owners for the difference that I make. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. You know I am dedicated to bringing you amazing resources that can really make an impact in your business, which is why I want to make sure to share with you about PodFest Multimedia Expo. Now, you've heard me talk about PodFest all throughout the year, I'm sure. And if you were listening here last year, you definitely remember the entire Podcasting for Your Business series where I was totally and shamelessly plugging PodFest the entire time. But I want to make sure that you know about PodFest Multimedia Expo because it's coming up on February 8th through the 10th of 2018 in Orlando, Florida. I want you there. If you have been considering starting a podcast to expand your marketing arm of your business... If you already have a podcast and you really want it to work better and more strategically for your business, then this is the conference to go to. It's going to have tons of other podcasters, tons of others who are starting their podcasts, and podcasters who have been around a long time. Go check out podfest.us. And when you check out, use the code BWR and you are going to get the Boss Ladies Workshop totally free. That's a podcasting workshop that Jessica Kupferman of She Podcasts and I are doing together. It's marketing and monetizing your podcast like a lady boss. I would love to see you there. So go check it out, podfest.us and register today so that I can give you a hug in person. Use your podcast to spread your message further and come join me at PodFest, February 8th through 10th of 2018. Erin Joy and I connected on a deep level instantly. She's the owner of Black Dress Partners, which provides private coaching and consulting and live events for female business owners in St. Louis, Missouri. She's also a mom of a gorgeous little girl and dedicated to living a big life. You see why now, right? During this conversation, Erin shares a bit about how she started her company as a single mom when her daughter was one and how she structures her services. In addition to her monthly roundtables, she also produces workshops, mini events, and her signature annual conference called the Midwest Business Owners Conference. Erin shares great tips for how to use events to create a community around a signature event that will deepen the impact of the attendees, the sponsors, and ultimately her big purpose. And we get into deep discussions about how using power versus force in your conversations to sell into your programs and services and what Erin's big mission is here to do in this world and why, quote unquote, being a household name means something so much more than feeding her ego. 
This is such a fun conversation that I hope you enjoy because Aaron and I touch on so many different parts about the experience of being a female entrepreneur from her personal story to her incredible areas of knowledge. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Aaron Joy. Aaron, what's going on, girl? All kinds of good things. Hi, Katie. <laughs> Hi, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Yeah. So I am so happy that you're here because you and I share a love of A, like living really extraordinary lives, and we can have a giant conversation about that. B, we have both created something that helps to service entrepreneurs. And specifically, kind of a giant chunk of that is women entrepreneurs. And so when you and I first got on the phone and started chatting a little while ago, I was like, Oh my God, I need to have you on the show. You need to share a little bit about what you do. And... A little bit about how you do it. So you have a company called Black Dress Partners. And I was wondering if you could give a little bit of a background as to how that company even came about. Absolutely. Yeah. Black Dress Partners is just about seven years old. And that coincides with uh, kind of a launch of a new phase of my life. My daughter was a year old and I was itching to get back into business for myself. See, I have been self-employed for 22 years. And I used to be a consultant to the housing industry. So when the housing industry crashed, it was time to figure out what I was going to do with myself. And I knew that the skills I had built in housing were transferable outside of just home building. You know, I worked with home builders to help them figure out what homes to build, where to build them, who to build them for, how to price them, what model homes to offer, whether they should even buy the land to build those homes on. So I knew those skills could be applied in a variety of businesses. So when the housing industry crashed, I said, I'm going to take these skills I've developed. I'm going to parlay them into a variety of different industries because there was no money to be made in housing. And uh, I did that for about 18 months when I learned my daughter was on the way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Old business that is on the heels of a financial collapse was not sustainable for me as a, a single mom and as a new mom and in that stage of where my business was. So I went to work for one of my clients through about the first year of motherhood. And then I was itching to go back out on my own. So uh, I knew I wanted to work with entrepreneurs. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, except that brief little stint there that I'm explaining. Uh, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I'm a third generation female entrepreneur in my family. So it was time. My daughter was one year old and I launched Black Dress Partners. And you know we've been growing and creating and expanding ever since. Man. Okay. So what did you launch it as and how in the world did you go from, I'm going to make the giant assumption that it wasn't like the mind blowing, amazing company that it is now back then that first year that you started, what did you know before you opened up the company and what did it look like in that first year when you opened it up? Yeah, there's a couple of things I knew. So having been burned badly by being in the home building industry, I knew I never wanted to be industry specific ever again. I did not want to be siloed into one industry. I love real estate. I love home building. It's kind of my first love in business. Uh, Today, I have clients who are in those industries, but they're a small percentage of my business. So I knew I wanted to work in a variety of different industries. 
but I'm a generalist as a business coach and consultant. And so from a marketing perspective, it doesn't really work to go out into the market and say, hey, I can help any small business with any problem. You know, the reality is I have a very wide and very deep skill set. I have a lot of education. I have a lot of experience. I have clients in about um, probably three dozen different industries today. So I knew I had to segment the market. And Katie, isn't it interesting how one person can say something to you that sets you on a whole new course? Yeah, absolutely. And so, right? And so it was so one of my mentors said to me, well, if you're not going to be a generalist working, you know, with all small businesses and you don't want to be industry specific, you seem to like working with women and you like to talk about business with other women. And that was it. I remember where I was when he said that to me. I was driving down McCausland Road in, in St. Louis and it was like a light bulb went off. And I knew that that was the path that I was going to dedicate myself to. I didn't stop there. I did research from there to find out who in my market was specializing and focusing on women businesses, women-owned companies, female entrepreneurs. And that research showed me that there were no specialists. So it was kind of, you know, all of my business experiences, the thing that my mentor said to me about uh, giving me the idea of planting the seed of focusing on women, then coupled with doing research to see how the market looked in this area for a business coaching and consulting company focused on women-owned businesses. So there was nothing in your space back then. There was like no yeah, one, was, as far as like coaching and consulting, like there was no one really servicing the woman entrepreneur. Yeah. And there was, a, well, I'll tell you, there was a, um, there's a distinction that was really, really critical in all of this. And, and that is that when I started my company, I stayed focused on, and I still am focused today on the evolving woman business owner. So she is someone who has revenue of a million dollars or more. Typically, 1 million to 50 million annual revenue is one of our specialties. Women business owners who are building up to a million annual revenue have some distinct challenges. They have distinct challenges, distinct opportunities. There are certain things that they need to typically develop themselves in. And that's kind of one area of focus for our company. And then we have a focus on those evolving women business owners who have broken the million dollar mark, which only 2% of all women owned businesses break the million dollar mark. Yep. And they have a whole different set of challenges because you know the phrase, what got you here won't, won't get, you, get there. you there. Yep. Yeah. It's so they've so reached true. a mill, right? They've reached a million and now they want to grow to 3 million to 5 million to 12 million, which they can do. And it's a whole different set of focuses and challenges, uh, team building, developing yourself as an owner. What you said, which is having your whole life work. You know, you said earlier, yeah. we both are, are people who have big lives and our lives work. Yeah. And so I help my clients uh, have not just businesses that work well for them, but their whole life work, their relationships, their health, whatever they are committed to. I love that. You know, in the moment that we're talking, I am just off of the tail end of the Biz Women Rock retreat that we had in December 2017. And that was a giant theme 
of all of these women of really stepping away from like what I would consider a very boxed in version of what success looks like, i.e. a million dollar business or a $5 million business. And instead stepping into a very holistic, what I keep calling like a holistic business, like that our life works around this business and with this business and because of this business, right? Like it's one giant piece of everything that we are. Do you find... Because now what you do, and we're going to get a little bit more into that of what that looks like. Do you find that that is a pretty big piece of the conversations that happen when you bring women together during your monthly roundtables and during your conferences? Like, Because you're not just talking like, Oh, business strategy from A to Z. Like, There's a lot of other stuff that's there. So how does that look for you when you're bringing your women specifically? I know you do uh, help men as well. But for the women that you're bringing together, what does that typically look like during your roundtables? What are those conversations as it relates to, I'm an evolving businesswoman and I want to go from where I am now to something more? Yeah. So it is a really common conversation with my clients. And it's a conversation that I have with them. It's a conversation that they're having with each other, which is, you know, how do we have more of ourselves to bring to this business and have more of ourselves to bring to our relationships and our health and our, our uh, special projects and maybe our volunteer work, our nonprofit work, whatever is important to each of those people. And so it is a really common conversation that business owners, women, people are looking for inspiration and guidance and tools for how to be well-rounded and how to approach their lives and their businesses in that holistic approach. So Katie, when I start with a brand new client, we have an entire Kickstarter process and we have some uh, kind of surveys and questionnaires that we have our clients complete. And we always ask our clients to give us their top three business issues that they're facing as they walk in their door for the first session with me and the top three personal issues that they're facing. The business issues often revolve around time management, leadership, human resources and employees, managing growth or causing growth. So it depends on kind of what stage they're in. It could be, I really want to cause growth in my business or others it might be, we're really growing and I need to figure out how to manage this growth. I feel like I've got a tiger by the tail here. Yeah, yeah. I need to build my team. And then on the personal side, the issues almost always revolve around work-life balance, and health and relationships. Mm. And so we're actually now starting to tabulate those top three business issues and top three personal issues so we can come up with some percentages, at least on the personal side and on the business side, you know, how many people are walking in with issues around time management, work-life balance, wanting to have higher quality relationships because you know, to your point, to your question, Katie, one of the things that we find is that when people come to their first roundtable session with us, they say, it's so validating to hear that I'm not alone. Yeah. To sit around this table with all these other women and hear that you are dealing with the same things that I'm dealing with. 
and and they're not all challenges. They're not all bad things. It no, could it's be, all the good too. It could be I, exactly all the yeah. good things. And yeah. maybe it's, you feel a little alone in that because yeah. you don't have friends around you that own their own businesses. Your friends are corporate women or they stay at home or they have businesses that are smaller than yours or much, much larger than yours. Right. So there's so much value in being around your peers. And I'm going to throw in a little point from my PhD research, which is there's a study in uh, Europe that shows that women business owners, female entrepreneurs, they report uh, greater levels of confidence uh, just knowing that they have a support structure like a round table. Whether they use their support structure throughout the month or not, to reach out when they've got a challenge in the moment, they experience being better supported and having greater levels of confidence just by knowing that they have someone out there. Oh, it's so huge. It's so huge. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. And that's so much of how, like that foundational knowledge I see is how you have then allowed all of those programs and live conferences and events and services that you offer that Black Dress Partner offers like that's where it all comes from is knowing that these women or the entrepreneurs in general want to be connected. They want to have that peer support. So walk us through a little bit about your business model right now. Like walk us through what is it you offer and what does that actually look like in a general... Like if somebody go comes to you, this is all of the resources that they now have access to. Sure. Yeah. So there's a really two sides. Uh, we have two different companies. So on the Black Dress Partners side, our flagship offering is Black Dress Circle. And Black Dress Circle is a CEO peer roundtable program. It's for emerging women business owners who are building those businesses up to a million annual revenue. And some companies will max out at a couple hundred thousand because that business model is, that's the max for that model. That's great. And we welcome those business owners into Black Dress Circle Emerge. And then we have Black Dress Circle Evolve, which is for those women with 1 million to 50 million annual revenue. Those are programs that happen here in St. Louis at my office. And we have about 12 people uh, per roundtable. And I facilitate several of those a month. And then in, on the Black Dress Partner side of the business, I also work with some clients in a one-on-one -on -one format. So my roundtable members will sometimes also add that one-on-one -on -one component. And um, you know, Katie, to your point about where our business started and where we are today, when I started Black Dress Partner seven years ago on the heels of that housing industry crash, and I'm a new mom, and I had just started graduate school, I kept my rates low, and I worked my butt off. Yeah. I just put in as many hours as I could at those low rates, and I slowly raised my rates over all these years. Today, it's not inexpensive at all to work with me in a one-on-one -on -one format because there's only so much of me to go around. Yeah. So to protect my time and to work with clients who are really invested, you know, our one-on-one -on -one rate is quite high today compared to where we started. Yeah. And, and the roundtable programs are really priced at a real valuable price point. And just to give you specifics on numbers, because yeah. this could be really valuable for the people who are listening. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Okay. So when I started my business, I charged $95 an hour. Got it. And like I said, I just wanted to put in as many hours as I could and build a, kind of a foundation for my business. A brand new one-on-one -on -one client coming to me today is $500 an hour. Mm -hmm. And it's a minimum of two hours a month. Yep. And then you can see now the value in the roundtable program because our roundtables are $295 a month. So oh my gosh, together, it's so right? cheap. <laughs> it's, it's a and great, they meet, great... They meet once a month? 
once a month for four hours. Wow. Then we typically go out for a little bite to eat or maybe a drink afterwards. And we do a coaching call in between. So it's really valuable. It's a great price point. And that's a scalable business model. One-on-one is not scalable. I would max out with the number of women entrepreneurs that I can make a difference for. And I am committed to serving women business owners all over the world. So I have to have a scalable business model to do that. Love that. And that leads in... So this leads us in perfectly to the one-to-one, the one-to-more, and the one-to-many model, which is exactly what you have. And you're listening to this. It doesn't really matter if you have what I would consider like a live or in-person type of a business or if you have an online business because it works in all those capacities. Like I want you to share a little bit about your one-to-many, which is your conferences, which is I'm getting more than just 12 people in these rooms and not just your big conference that you have every year, but all the other events that you have that lead up to that. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I do have a specialty with events. I've produced uh, thousands of events through the years going back to my real estate days. And I have a team of really highly trained event producers and event associates who work with me. And our flagship offering in our conference business is the Midwest Women Business Owners Conference. And it's a one-day event here in St. Louis. It's at the Ritz-Carlton. It's coming up in May. May 17th, 2018, we will have nearly 500 women business owners in the room. Now, we didn't start there. Uh, This is year three of the event. In year one, it took everything I had to get 200 people in the room. Yep. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I always say, that the conference, producing the first conference was one of the hardest things I've done. And, and it stacks right up there next to like the first custody battle that I went through oh. with my daughter's bottle. That's Holy how crap. bad it is. <laughs> I mean, like bring me to my knees, oh. crying, you know, on the floor yeah. of just how much work was involved and how afraid I was because yeah. the big show is coming. Yep. The big date is coming. And you have got to deliver. There's no other option. You've got there to deliver. Is- Yes. Yes. So we've grown from year one with 200 women business owners in the room and that taken everything I've got to get them there to three, we'll have 500 women. And so that's our big, big offering. And if we kind of back away from that, one of the things that we do to drive ticket sales way, way in advance of the conference is we create this ambassador package. Business owners get access to a business planning workshop with me. They get access to multiple, I'll call them mini events leading up to the conference. We call them pre-conference events. They have anywhere from 50 to 150 people attending those. They're all events that are super strategic that bring our ticket purchasers, our really early ticket purchasers, our ambassadors together with the sponsors. So a lot of events and conferences that go for sponsorship, it's basically a sponsor maybe putting a logo uh, on signage on the day of or you know a logo on the website. We view our sponsors as our clients. And so we want to know what their goals are in reaching business owners, female entrepreneurs all year long. And we want to build, and we do build an ecosystem, a conference ecosystem that is of service to them all year. So we have had, I believe, three pre-conference events in 2017 leading into the 2018 event. We have another pre-conference event in um, February, and that puts our 
title sponsor, which is Anders CPAs and Advisors. It puts our title sponsor kind of in the spotlight well in advance so that when people show up at the conference, and I am going to bring this back to your point about bringing people together. When people show up at the conference, we want them to feel really at home. We want them to be able to have great conversations with the people sitting next to them and the people that they are on break with out in the hallway. And part of how we're going to do that is by creating a community, not just a one day, you know, show up kind of pop up experience. Everything that we do throughout the year with the pre-conference events, with connecting people online, with having an app that they use on the day of the conference, we want our sponsors to show up and have seen these attendees you know, at three events before the day of the big show. So that's a little bit about how we design that conference ecosystem. I love that. Just love. If you listening are actually doing any live events, there is gold nuggets in that about what else can you do to make sure that you're creating a holistic experience, like an experience that's not just that day's event. And by doing that, you're giving so much more value to those who are sponsoring it, which means that you you can package that and price that accordingly. And giving those who are attending another touch point to feel supported so that that big event is really... You get a big bang for your buck, right? And by the way, if you're listening to this and you have an online business and what you're doing... Let's say you're even having an online event or a live event, but the majority of what you do is online. You could absolutely recreate this to give people a family feeling by doing things to bring them together prior to the event. I'll give this one great example. So my husband runs PodFest Multimedia Expo, which is a big, big podcasting conference for independent podcasters. Um, This year in 2018, it's going to be in Orlando, Florida. And what he did last year, and he's about to do again, what he did last year is before the event, a couple months before the event, he was constantly having Facebook Lives and he would bring on the presenters. And he would bring on the presenters and they would just... Each of them would talk about like what they're going to talk about and share their passion about podcasting and just share stories. And he would do that not only on his personal Facebook page, but then he would stream it within the private Facebook community that we have, the private Facebook group we have for PodFest. And so it allowed everyone who had been to PodFest before, everyone who had been signing up already to now get to know people and build those relationships and like start those conversations early so that when I show up to PodFest, I already know you and I already, you know, we've already started talking. So it's so, there are a gazillion ways to do that. And that is just such a powerful way. I love the, the conference ecosystem. Is that what you said? Yes. I love yes. that. I love yes. that term. Yeah. And you know what, Katie, that was such a hot tip. I wrote that down, that idea of doing Facebook Live with our panelists as an example. So thank you for that. (laughs) And you know what? I want to share a hot tip that I often share with my clients when they come to me and they say, okay, I've always wanted to do this workshop or this event, and I'm going to give it a try and see how it goes. I am a big proponent of creating event series. Because the work that it takes to produce the first event, what you don't want to do is you know, produce that first event like it's the only event that you're going to do. And then you're going to, quote, see how it goes. I would much rather see someone say, all right, I'm going to do an event once a quarter in 2018. And I'm going to build out my structure for how I'm going to do these events. I'm going to build out all my production. Here's how I produce the event. Here's how I market the event. Here's where I register people. You could do all that work and do it 
one time for that event that you're going to see how it goes. But you're so much better off if you want events to be a part of your business. You're so much better off to just do a series and know that the first time you do it, you're practicing. And now you're going to fine tune your systems for event two, three, and four. So, so smart. Ugh. And so, by the way, so ap- applicable to live events or online events, like so applicable yes. to both of those arenas. That is really, really, really smart. I love that. So, oh my gosh, we could go down the road of like <laughs> the live events and the community and all that sort of stuff. Where, where do you see yourself now? Because I see you as like this master orchestrator for all of this stuff. Because live events, just as a business model in and of itself, apart from the private work that you're doing, the circles that uh, the roundtables that you're having, like just the live events, that whole part that all contribute to the big live conference every single year. I mean, that's giant. That's massive. So where do you think you show up the most powerfully? Like, Where are you in your business right now after these 7 years of developing this? What part of that all really lights you up? Or you see like, okay, this is like the next phase? Ah, that's a great question. So for a lot of years, when my coaches would ask me, you know, what's missing for you, Erin? Because that's a really powerful question is, what is missing for you that the presence of which would make a difference? If you added it in, it would really make a difference. And for many years, the answer was that self-expression was missing for me, that I knew I had more to share and more to give, and that I wanted to make a difference on a grand, grand scale, and I wasn't doing it. I was grinding it out, working with my clients in that one-on-one capacity, which I love. It does not occur for me as work at all. It is like play for me. There is no distinction for me between my work and my play, if you will. So for a lot of years, I felt very restless that I needed to be sharing more than I was. And so my team has really aligned around me to help me shift the business so that we have more roundtable members, we have a Facebook group, we have Facebook group for our roundtables, we're booking podcasts like yours. Yours is my first, by the way, (laughs) so thank you so much. You're doing great, girl. (laughs) You're a pro already. (laughs) You know, so we're we're in the middle of a shift where I feel more free in my self-expression and I feel like I am sharing myself and sharing my knowledge, my experience in that grander, more grand way. You know, I am dedicated. I've completely committed myself and my life to making a difference, making a positive impact in the lives of women business owners and female entrepreneurs all over the world. Ultimately, what's symbolic of that for me is being a household name being a household name among women business owners for the difference that I make, not for the goodies and the cookies that it gives my ego. I mean, let's be honest, it is lovely to be highly regarded, but that is not sustainable and it's not very attractive to people when someone is interested in talking and sharing because it's all about them. And so I have committed my life to be about something bigger than myself And that is the path that I am on, that I am well on my way. And that is a path that will, that has no end. There is no end to that. And 
as my life's work for, you know, I, I'm 44 now. I say that I have probably another 30 years to make a really big difference in the lives of entrepreneurs all over the world. And so I am seven years in and I have 30 years to go. You're a nice beginning part of this journey. <laughs> I think the beginning part of the journey. Yeah. I you just... Know, I keep that in mind all the time because I'm yeah. sure you can relate, Kate. You probably hear people all the time who are like, I want it to come faster. Oh, I I'm, want- the, I'm the one saying that. Like, why don't I have it now? You know, come on, I want it now. And the funny thing is, is that I have noticed, this is not meant to be a blanket statement, but I've noticed that that's pretty much the thought process for about every ambitious woman. Every yes. ambitious businesswoman, we're like, we want to run a thousand miles a minute and we want to have it now. And the frustration and so much of the work, and I think what you and I really do is helping helping those women, ourselves included, see like just trust the process. Just keep going. It's a journey. Like there's nowhere, quote unquote, to get. Like just go, you know, and, and it's okay. Like this is part of what you need to experience and you just got to keep on going down that. I told the story this weekend at the retreat that when I was in college, I got, you know, this wild hair and I was like, oh, I want to learn how to play the guitar. I'm pretty musical, but I never... My brother was a great guitar player. I never I had learned. And so he gave me... He gifted me like an electric guitar and a little amp, right? And for six months... I was really into Metallica back in those days. <laughs> if you can't imagine that. But I for, love it. For six months, I was practicing like Metallica and Queensryche and Sheryl Crow because somehow she fit into that genre for me. And I was practicing... You know, I, could re- I figured out how to read tabs, all this stuff. And it was one of the hardest things I had ever done because I was so frustrated that how I showed up was not how I saw myself in my head playing on stage with Metallica, right? And after that six months, I got decent, but it was like, I remember like throwing the guitar up against the wall because I'm like, I like, I want to be this now, right? But that's the work. Like that's the journey. And that in the, the journey of the woman entrepreneur, the entrepreneur in general really is making that giant paradigm shift to exactly what you said. Like, I'm only in year seven and I've got more years ahead of me. Like, let's go. Like, let's just keep on showing up. Let's keep on showing up versus like, I need to hit this destination, you know, now, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, Katie, to that point, I think that it is an active conversation that I have with myself when it pops up that, you know, I don't have that new car. And I'm not living in the house that I think that I'm supposed to live in. Well, it's a condo, really. It's a condo because <laughs> I want to maintain a house. I'm a single woman. I don't need to maintain a house. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not yet on the big TED main stage. Or I'm not at Forbes Woman presenting and speaking. So when that pops up, which it does from time to time, I just have to let go of... See, see I think for me... A lot of that, a lot of what I just said is about those goodies. It's about the cookies. It's about about the the ego. ego. What do people think about me? You know, everyone like I want my name to be a household name. It turns, turns ugly. Like they need to know because that, that fills my ego. That's the why, you know, and instead shifting on like, no, it's, we got to get it back into the space of... No, I want them to know my name because the message I have can impact them, right? Yeah, I want them reading books that are... Ma- the books that I write for them yep. that are making a difference. I want yeah. them consuming our, our content and our courses. So that's why I say, you know, being a household name is symbolic for me of the difference that I'm making. You don't become a household name unless you're making a massive positive impact in the lives of millions of people. And so just, you know, just going back for a moment to that, you know, kind of that mind chatter that can pop up and kind of, it steals your power. 
because it is, you know, it definitely is in the realm of, well, I want people to think these certain things about me. And I find that I just have to be really, really disciplined in letting that go, in letting go of that people probably are judging me. And maybe there are people who think that I, quote, should be further along. I, quote, should be making more money. I know that the money is coming, that the big money that is commensurate to the impact that I want to make, it's coming. I don't need to worry about the fact that I live in my thousand square foot, teeny tiny little place that I don't entertain in. It's coming. There's plenty of time. I'll entertain inside of my own home in 10 years. I don't have to do that right now. Well, and as a matter of fact, you already have it. You are, it's already there for yes. you. You just need to, you just need to tra- keep traveling. And when it's ready, it's there. You know, you have Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally huge. agree. That's huge. I have referred to this a couple of times, but I, ha- I interviewed someone months and months and months ago who said this quote, but they were quoting somebody else. So I don't, you know, it's a giant circle, but it, the point is really important. She said, I heard this person say that the new way to describe a millionaire and therefore a billionaire is someone who impacts a million people or someone who impacts a billion people, right? And so that's right. And li- you and I are so in line in that of, you're here to make an impact. And my impact and the grandiosity of that and the depths of that is what will then reflect back in dollars for me. Yes. And you know, Katie, I love that. And from time to time, when I find myself, as all entrepreneurs do, in a cash flow crunch, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, I need to make more money. Yeah. I stop that conversation and I shift into. I shift out of how do I make more money and I shift into how can I serve more people? Yes. Because that is a much more empowering context to come from. Yeah. And it gives me a different question to ask myself. It is a much bigger question. It's a broader view. It gives me energy and inspiration. Whereas the other question has me sick to my stomach, stressed out, thinking about, you know, kind of linear actions that bring incremental dollars in. And that is not the game that I'm playing. Ah, love it. And, and because of, depending on which energy you live in, you show up in conversations according to that energy. <laughs> but let's, let's speak about that practically. There are masterminds that I am I'm having uh, opening up two masterminds for 2018 and I have found myself in similar conversations like literally so much of my energy right now and my actions my business actions has to be towards filling the masterminds I'm making air quotes as we're talking <laughs> now don't get me wrong I know numbers like I'm not ignorant to numbers I know what they mean I know what I want I I'm projecting I know what that I want that to be I know what specific amounts of women will translate to X amount of dollars. I'm not ignorant to that. But if I stay in that conversation, I need to have X amount of people so I can make X amount of money in January. Like that doesn't work. Like I show up to a conversation feeling really icky, feeling like I'm selling someone in a really yucky way. And it translates. They feel that energy. It's desperate, right? Versus I shift to who are the 12, for example, who are the 12 most perfect women that would get the most value out of this? Where are they? And how do I find them? How do I have those conversations? And let me show up that way. Because that's not a selling conversation. That is a, I want to share this amazing resource. And 
I know it lights you up and I know that's exactly what your business needs right now. That's an entirely different conversation that is filled with a very different light and therefore has different results has completely different results. So, you know, what I hear and what you're sharing is that it's the distinction of power versus force. Yes. So, right, oh, one that's conver- such a good, good distinction. Yes. Yeah. One, one conversation is forceful. It's like, I'm going to figure this out. I am going to make this happen. You know, I'm going to get these people to sign up. I'm going to get that money and get these clients. And that's forceful. And that uh, produces certain types of results in our life and in our business. Whereas power is much more attractive and it is compelling and persuasive and people want to be around you when you are a powerful person. They want access to what you have. So if you can if you can develop yourself, train yourself and have the disciplines to stay in to power versus force, that's the name of the game. Yes. Ah, that's like the giant, one of the dozens of golden nuggets that we've got from this conversation. That is such the perfect point to conclude this conversation on. So ask yourself as you're listening to this, how can you step into power? If you are having some of those money doubts, because we they're very real. Like what's happening in our head with what number do we need to make hit that nut this month or next month? Or what are we doing to project what we want to now create for ourselves in our businesses in the months and years to come? Stepping out of that money conversation, stepping out of that forced conversation and into the power conversation. That is such a great distinction. Oh my goodness, girl you've got a big message to share. And I'm really honored that I'm the first of the podcasts that you get to be featured on because I there is so much more out there for people to hear you and to hear these conversations. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, Katie, thank you so much. It was really, truly my honor. I'm so excited. I always knew we'd be doing this even before we I know. found each other. When I found you, <laughs> I knew we'd be having this conversation one day. Yes, yes, yes. and we made it so. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this episode today. I am so grateful that you are here listening. If you want to connect with your fellow listeners and start having more and more business conversations so that you can learn all the intricacies you need to learn about growing a business and growing it purposefully and making it grow beyond what you can possibly imagine... Go connect with thousands of other business owners in the Biz Women Rock community. We have a private Facebook group that is totally free for you at bizwomenrock.com forward slash group. I look forward to seeing you in there.